Hey folks, TV's Kevin Lanigan here, just jumping in to let you know uh, what this is and what's happening. Uh, so I've been doing some traveling um, and attending various funerals, and uh, but I didn't want the feed to go dormant for a week, so here is a re-upload of the uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020 review episode, uh, the oft-discussed on this podcast feed, Sonic the Hedgehog, very divisive film. Uh, this is the review that uh, the crew that would become the Movies for Babies crew did back in February 2020, and with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out on uh, Sonic Tuesday, or as I uh, like to call it, tomorrow, um, it seemed like the perfect time to re-upload this if you've never heard it, if you if you only joined us for Community or The Witcher or Mythic Quest or what have you, uh, this is a great time to, to check this out and check out all the Movies for Babies backlog. Uh, we'll be, we'll be, the movies, the babies will be back uh, very soon to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but until there's two hogs, there can only be one... Uh, so enjoy, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week with your regularly scheduled uh, 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 advanced media studies about John Carpenter's The Thing, which is, uh, let me check, uh, one of the best movies ever made. So we'll be back then, uh, and uh, I'll, 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 happy, happy listening. Happy, happy listening. Enjoy. Fucking better. Of a deadly fate, give up your children, separate, bide your time, lie in wait. Sonic Underground, Sonic Underground, they made a vow, their mother will be found. The children grow, learn what's right, leaders of the freedom fight. They seek their mother, she knows they do. Is it time? But I have to wait To act too soon could seal their fate They made a vow Their mother will be found Sonic Underground Welcome back to Sonic the Hedge Pod It's me, Justin And it's me, Kevin And finally, finally, finally We have seen Sonic the Hedgehog, the uh, once 2019, now 2020 film, uh, yes. you know, a part of the grand tradition of movies that were supposed to come out one year, were summarily bumped to the following year, uh, joining the ranks of The Hunt, uh, mm -hmm. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, a, 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 a truly a pedigree of movies to be surrounded by. And just like the uh, the characters in The Hunt, this movie is deplorable. <laughs> this movie is, uh, Hillary Swank is tracking it down in the woods and trying to blow it up with landmines. Uh, this movie is Ike Barinholtz almost getting hit by a train. And of course, to join us, uh, we of course, we have, we have uh, Hedgepod yeah. favorite, Puffin favorite, uh, Podcats favorite, 
uh, Vern Tooley, the only person that could have joined us to talk about. <laughs> the only person we would need, like, we need to talk <laughs> about this. I'm, uh... I'm surprised to learn I'm a favorite. That uh, that makes me happy. Uh, you guys honor me, and uh, thank you, thank you so much. It's uh, it's uh, and as I was just saying off mic, really enjoy Hedge Pod, uh, and it feels good to be back. It You're feels good to be back, back on the show. Feels good to be back, absolutely. <sighs> so, folks, twenty twenty. It this. How did you guys spend your Valentine's Day? <laughs> This this love good movie. I will I will say uh, that of course you know Sonic the Hedgehog came out uh, Hedgehog not uh, not the film version of this podcast uh, Sonic the Hedgehog came out on Valentine's Day 2020 and I did not even float the idea to my girlfriend that we would go <laughs> see this on Valentine's Day it was a non option to all parties involved. Uh, so my media week leading up to Sonic the Hedgehog was uh, was rather interesting. Because um, on Thursday I saw a preview screening of the new version of Emma, which was really good and inventive and played with uh, a classic story in new ways. Uh, mm -hmm. Then uh, Valentine's Night I saw um, F.W. Murnau's uh, silent film Sunrise with a live orchestra. Um, one of the most, like beautifully creative and inventive visual movies I've ever seen uh, uh, with a, a live musical backing. And then I woke up early the next morn, dragged myself to Manhattan for a 12.30 screening of Sonic the Hedgehog, after which I drowned my sorrows in a Taco Bell meal, ran home, and watched Parasite oh, you, oh, for a no, second time. The mini tacos are at... Uh... Jack in the Box. Yeah, the we don't have Jack sponsor. in the Box up here. So I ran to a Taco Bell cantina and I, I shoved <laughs> nourishment in my face. And then I came home and I watched Parasite for a second time just to... I needed a transfusion of cinema. I needed to pump <laughs> good movie into my veins. I need 20 cc's of art fast. Please, I need themes. I need character arcs. Please, anything, Doc. I'm, I'm dying over here. <laughs> you guys, uh, you brought up, um, I think, Justin, you brought up the, the many tacos available at uh, Jack in the Box mm -hmm. um, that are the promotional tie-in item for... Sonic the Hedgehog and what a guys I got guys I got to say like what is more Sonic what is more Sega than <laughs> there being a national restaurant fast food chain that sells chili dogs that is named <laughs> Sonic <laughs> but the promotional tie-in restaurant for Sonic the Hedgehog the movie featuring <laughs> A guy named Sonic who likes chili dogs is Jack in the Box. Like, that's the most Sega Sonic the Hedgehog thing <laughs> in the history of Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog. <sighs> they had it right there. <laughs> and I, it's, that's not been lost on me. And I just think that's, uh, that, 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 that in a way is like the review of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, do we want to do a, a quick recap of the plot of Sonic the Hedgehog? Well, Justin, you did not tell us about your theatrical experience. Oh, uh, I got oh, I got extremely high in the parking lot. 
uh-huh. reading the um uh, and to get in the proper mind space, I was watching dramatic readings of the Archie Sonic comics available on YouTube. Sure, oh. sure, like you do, like like I do, because that that's how I get in my Sonic headspace. <laughs> and there were three boys' birthday parties in the theater with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I like I sat down. I like I got there early. I sat down, and I'm just like sitting, waiting for the commercials to finish. And three different lines of of like elementary school boys would loudly file in and up the stairs to sit down. Amazing. So it it was actually like pretty full. Okay, I yeah, I had a twelve thirty Saturday screening, and I would say it's about half full. But I did see it with a I had bunch a 10 of screening. What'd you say? I had a ten o'clock screening, and it was like almost full. Jesus, kids get up early. Yeah, I was a twelve thirty. We were about half full, but I did have a healthy amount of kids. Because my mm-hmm. buddy Kevin, who I saw yesterday, told me that he saw it Valentine's night with a bunch of like drunk adults. And they were like hooting and hollering, you know, they were, they were clapping, applause breaks, you know, they, like my audience of cats, they had shown up to see a bad movie and were relishing that it was a bad movie. And here's the thing, Sonic isn't that interesting enough to do a rowdy move showing. No, absolutely not. It is boring in all, or it is bad in all of the most boring ways. It is yeah. bad in completely uninteresting ways. Um, but I, it, I will say right now that my 1230 screening full of kids had no reaction to this movie. They were not it's laughing. It's like trying to do a rowdy screening of the Garfield movie. Right. <laughs> Or Marmaduke. It's it's trying yes. to do a rowdy screening of the worst, most boring piece of shit movie. Um, you, it, it, I am I am getting shit on social media for shitting on this movie, but having really enjoyed Cats, and people are like, "How can you possibly not like this after seeing that?" And I was like, "Okay, one of them was a glorious magical mess, a complete disaster." <laughs> hoisted on its own petard, uh, you know, uh, undone and crushed by its own strange ambition. Whereas this was... So you can love cats, but you give me shit about liking Howard the Duck for the same reasons. No, I just don't enjoy Howard the Duck. You have fun. You do whatever you want to do, Justin. But... uh, at least those films are bad in interesting ways. Bad because they tried things perhaps they should not have done, that God did not intend them to do. And mm-hmm. and Sonic is bad because it's every chitty kids movie you've ever seen. I say we do this movie sort of beat by beat, and then yeah, we oh yeah, will... no, we have to go through this as it as it unfolded. Yes, uh, because the plot is Sonic has to get to San Francisco. And Robotnik is trying to stop him. Um, yes. Whatever. Uh, and I also say that let's do something that has become customary on this show, and we will do uh, performance reviews character by character as they enter the movie. Oh, of course. And we will, and it is a simple pass-fail system. You can yeah. give them a, a strong pass or a, mm. or a soft fail, but it yes. is a pass-fail system. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's hot or not. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, this film, of course, directed by the great uh-huh. Jeff Fowler, uh, who we litigated on our last episode as having done uh, very little uh, with a yes. with a soft animation background, which is a yeah. bad fit for this movie. He does not have yeah. a special effects background. He has a, a an animation background, a which this movie TV is, is not. animation background. Yeah, which this movie is not. It, no. it, it is not a uh, a cartoon esque film. It's that's one of its failings is that it's very static and rooted in reality. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a better Sonic film than <laughs> yes, uh, or uh, or Hotel Transylvania is a better Sonic film than this is. Right, and and um, both of those films are fully immersed in their own worlds you know when you go see cloudy with a chance of meatballs it's uh uh, flint woodlock or whatever his name is and and it is it's its own universe of of characters hotel transylvania even more so is that it is fully of a piece with itself and all of the characters exist in the same movie whereas this yeah has the non-premise of plucking Sonic the Hedgehog and putting him on Earth, which is not a premise. You know, they keep trying this same movie over and over. Uh, The Smurfs, Hop, and it's like, what if this character came to the real world? The Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Yes, but that is not a premise. These characters are not fish out of water. It, yeah. The the best version of this plot is Enchanted with Amy Adams. But that mm-hmm. movie has a premise. What if the Disney princess yeah. who only understood Disney princess rules mm-hmm. came to New York and it fully executes that premise. Sonic coming to, you know, Sonic does not have the stuff you would need for he doesn't see a donut and go oh a ring and try and like pick it up and yeah there's he is in full understanding of this world but he's been living it for 10 years he's been living in it his entire life but also he's the rules of what sonic knows and what he does not know are very inconsistent. He has lived in this town for 10 years and he never once overheard uh, James Marsden's character's name. It's absurd. He he can quote the movie Speed. He knows <coughs> what a donut is, but after he stalking knows who James Marsden... Kenobi is. After star- he knows the funny floss dance from Fortnite, but he never once picked up on James Marsden's name. He knows Crazy Carl's name, but he never yeah. picked up on James Marsden or his wife's name. And he knows what a pretzel is. That bothers me. Yes. On a weirdly deep level. It's so strange. You know, they, they give him this stupid bucket list concept. Like, he knows all the rules of Sonic softball. is aware of his own mortality. Yes, but he, after, of course, the demise of Longclaw, the owl, in the cold open of the Sonic the Hedgehog but, film, the horrible but, murder. We got another old owl. We are two for two in Sonic movies featuring old owls. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Vern. 
uh, he's just like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. My first attempt was not good, and I had to uh, go back to the uh, the editing booth and fix things. But it's I'm back now. Sorry about that, y'all. He's back. That's okay. We uh, Justin and so, I uh, yelled much, at each other enough. Yeah. Well, no, we, we're we're pretty much at like the start of the movie now. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, you you would like me to... Uh... Yeah, so let's go through the movie uh, uh, beat by beat, sort of major mm-hmm. plot point by major plot point, and along the way we will do performance reviews as each uh, mm-hmm. character becomes relevant to our to our tale. Good or bad, that's how we'll rank it. Yes, it yeah. is They it is a pass-fail system, yes. uh, and the, you can explain yourself, but it is a pass-fail system. Um, so... Uh, uh, Vern, would you like to walk us through the cold open of the Sonic the Hedgehog film? Yeah. Uh, What's so... cold open? There's two. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. Well, of course, w- let's skip the <laughs> bet you're wondering how I got here. Because <laughs> that's how this movie oh, starts. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Yes, a- they do. A uh... completely unironic <laughs> bet you're wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> try to, they try to do a clever wraparound thing. Uh, there's that, but I guess the real this movie starts in earnest with uh with baby Sonic uh running <laughs> through a forest. Um I'm assuming that's Mobius that he's running through. It, um, yeah. It's the Green Hill Zone. It's a Green Hill Zone, gotcha. Yeah, it's got um, the loop de loops, it's got all the critters. Yes, because the only piece of music from a Sonic game they play is the Green Hill music in this movie. Um mm-hmm. the rest of it which, is a uh, bad SoundCloud rap. The uh, the Green Hill Zone has kind of become Sonic's theme song, which is weird. Um, but anyway, um, but I guess at the same time, first level of Super Mario Brothers has become Super Mario's theme song. Uh, but anyway, there's baby Sonic, and he's running through Green Hill Zone, and uh, Sonic goes to his uh, parent, and naturally, you would think it would be a, a, a hedgehog, but it's not. It's an owl. No. No, uh, no, 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 well, no. According to the Sega lore bible, Sonic is not allowed to have birth parents or birth family. <laughs> of course. And who are we to question the word of the god? Uh, who are we to question the word Sega of... Sega Japan. Of Sega Japan. Um, so Sonic uh, runs to his mother, uh, Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Uh, <laughs> a DVD and, copy of Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Yes, uh, and uh, Gahul's, it's, uh, it, this one's called Longclaw. Sonic character favorite, Longclaw. Yes, I was very surprised whenever I saw the owl, because I was like, Oh my gosh! Are we going to get the owl from the OVA? Is that Dad? Um, <laughs> but that never happened. Unfortunately, um, not. Also, Longclaw just looks like an owl, like a normal yeah, owl, just a straight they... up owl. Yeah. Um. Uh, I remember uh, hearing. Uh, I think it was in an Archie comic where Sonic was brown he was a normal looking hedgehog but he ran so fast that he broke the sound barrier and that's where he turned blue um so i was surprised to see that he was just like already like he's just baby sonic uh yeah uh he's just that's how he is he's from the get-go um so like long claws telling baby sonic like hey don't don't run so fast uh it's gonna it's gonna be bad and immediately um a 
a tribe of knuckles uh, arrive, <laughs> uh, dressed like the Navi in Avatar, and they and they spear Longclaw uh, and kill Longclaw. So immediately, it's 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 a almost a perfect ending, a perfect beginning for a Sonic movie. Immediately, we have like lore, we have a parent dying, like immediately. <laughs> The only way it would have been like better is if like instead of an owl getting speared, it was like the president's daughter. Um, but, but major or, major problem of the movie: no president, no president, which no is great. No president, several generals, uh, no president, several generals, several police, um, but no, uh, no, no uh, president. Um, before in in Longclaw's dying breaths. Um, Longclaw explains the the rings, uh, and these rings take on the quality that they did in Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Uh, whenever you receive 50 rings and you reach the checkpoint where you can jump through a giant ring and go to a special landing for a Chaos Emerald, um, these rings take on the same quality. Uh, you can say where you're thinking, and you can travel through the ring, uh, and then you can end up in that world. Um and I, if I recall correctly, when Sonic runs through the ring, he doesn't immediately go to Earth. He goes to some place. Like, by the time he gets to Earth, he's been to three or four other different places, if yes. that's correct. Um, yes. That does seem to be from his little, like, map of crossed-out worlds that he's uh, been to and apparently been almost murdered on. Uh, he he then finally escapes to Earth, where he remains for about uh, ten years. Yes. Now I yes. will I will say and this is this will be one of oh you'll hear me say like three positive things about this movie. One of them would be um the the only good bit of character design in the entire film are these like tribes of knuckles. I think they look mm -hmm. cool. You, you don't see a lot of them, but they are um they're well designed. They look like Sonic characters. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it is it is a good translation of the series visual style onto these little dudes. Um and and I I liked them. I was I was thinking maybe they would I don't know, come back. They seem very important to the backstory of Sonic. Maybe uh, you know, Robotnik would like take them and, and turn them into robots or something. No, yeah. sir. No. Dropped plot thread. We never speak of Longclaw uh, ever that again. <laughs> That's there's, for the next movie, baby. That's that's probably what it is. There's uh there's two things that I thought sure were going to happen in this movie based on what I'd seen in the movie, and that didn't happen. And the tribe of Knuckles arriving is one of those two things. Um, yeah, the, the get, tribe I'll, of Knuckles or the or the triumphant survival of Longclaw. Yeah. But but no, she was brutally murdered, and that's the end of that. <laughs> It's over. Um, now, before we move on, uh, the first performance review, uh, Donna J. Folks as Longclaw. Pass, oh. fail. Oh, strong pass. <laughs> you, you love the performance of Longclaw. She, I, uh, I, uh, I believe that she was hurried and not given a lot of time. <laughs> to say what she needed to say. As if Donna J. Folks herself was shoved forcibly into a voice booth and then pulled back out with a long cane. Yes. Uh, or, or, or a long claw. Um, ah! Disgusting. I don't want to say pass or fail, but it's like, they got a... 
I don't want to say even a bonus point or extra credit, right? Like they got the answer. They answered a question that wasn't on the test and they answered it correctly. <laughs> they wrote their own question and then answered that correctly on the test. But like, it's outside of the grading rubric as far as long claw goes. Like <laughs> she did fine, but like, what does this owl have? You know, like what, why? Like, we don't care. Like we don't, she did fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, like saying like, that's like saying, man, uh, and you know, my, I think I really enjoy this super Mario brothers video game. Also, Bubsy's a fine voice actor. Like it's outside of the, the realm that we're dealing with. Okay. It doesn't really okay. matter. Uh, I will, I will say fail. I think this character needed to be full on bubbly motherly, but no, I think, uh, I think that's a fail on Donna J. Falks. Maybe not through any fault of her own, but a fail all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also in this sequence get, uh, the standard movie opening voiceover. He's like, I'm Sonic. I live in a big green yeah. world. I run very fast and I don't like school. Um, my issue with this voiceover is that it sucks and it adds nothing. It's not good character voiceover. It, it's exposition that we did not need. Uh, it's, it's bad and it should, uh, be taken out of the movie. It also only happens two times <laughs> in the entire course of the film. Um, it was no good. And yeah, um, there Go are ahead. good ways to do this. There are good mm -hmm. versions of this exact same kind of voiceover. I think... Uh, Wreck-It Ralph is probably the exemplar of this, where it's like, here's the movie, here's all the rules, here's all the characters you need, and it sets up a good personality and stakes for our hero, and go. Uh, and I think that is the best possible version of this kind of opening, and this was about the worst. It was pre pretty bad. <laughs> I will say, like, it's bad, but props to Sega for having the high, having the sight to to think like we might need to explain this character in this world instead of just you know doing the typical Sega and Sonic thing and just like dropping you in the post apocalypse and not explaining anything like they at least like in this movie for babies they treat it like the audience are babies <laughs> that is that is true I'll, although i will say that this movie does not uh, incorporate any dense plot or mythology whatsoever it's the most basic story you've ever seen we don't need an explanation of sonic's homeworld because we yeah. never go back there and spend yeah, a total of it, 30 seconds there <laughs> Good point. It, it like it like really. We don't even need to see Longclaw give him the rings. He pretty well shows how like why the rings at work and how they work. All like later and in a better way. Yeah, we uh, did not need uh, this opening whatsoever. It's completely superfluous. It adds nothing, and I know it's short. But I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Now, you have to imagine what the original Echidna looked like. Guys, that's something I thought about a lot with this movie, especially with the, like, uh, the post clearly thing. Longclaw is from the original design, and they just didn't redesign her to put her in the new Sonic style. For sure. But that means that, the, that there had to have been Echidna who looked like old Sonic. There had to be an echidna, and there had to be, like, I won't spoil it yet, but, like, the post-credits character, or the mid-credits character. They had, there had yeah. to be a realistic Sonic version of that character as well. 
um, which I'm very curious about. That's one of the things that uh, I think about a lot with this movie is like whether it succeeds or fails, like this movie, you can you can tell like it feels like hip. It feels like it's trying to be hip at least. Uh, I, I, I would argue the exact opposite. Well, I don't know. I feel like there's some like there's some snappy dialogue. There's some like snap snappy dialogue in the style fashionable between like 1998 and 2006. Yeah, point like, taken. Point taken. It's it was snappy the way the country bears dialogue was yes. snappy. Yeah. Okay. And with that, like that explains why Sonic would look the way he used to. Um, For sure. But like, I I I, I don't know like. At least this Sonic, like with this redesign, he he looked and kind of felt right. Um, yeah, I really, really, really hope, and it will never happen because they're fucking cowards. But I really <laughs> hope the DVD and Blu-ray of this movie has both versions of the movie. Absolutely the one with the not. redesign will and the re- I know it will never happen. But like, I'm never going to think about this movie again outside of this podcast. But if the DVD came out with the original like design version as a bonus feature, I'd snatch that up on opening day. For sure. Um, I, I I think that the version we got is not too far because he still has the same dimensions. They really just yeah. like changed yeah. the proportions of his eyes. They like yeah. modified his nose a little bit, but he has the same silhouette. Um, and, well, like, and, they also made his limbs a little more rubber hosey. They're not as humanly defined. Yes, and I, there were the changes were. I mean, I'm sure they were labor intensive, but they were pretty mild. This is not a complete rework of this character design. And there's a few times where, um, specifically, there's a shot where there were uh, Sonic and James Marsden are in the truck, and the camera is behind Sonic. And he's talking in the passenger side seat, and you can tell that that they didn't change that. You can tell that's the original Sonic. Yeah. There's a few times in the movie where you can tell, like, ah, uh, no one's going to be able to tell. Um, <laughs> they did. They did a face. They did a, a Snapchat face swap of <laughs> realistic <laughs> Sonic and new design Sonic. I mean, basically, and yes, we yeah. can only dream of the horrors of uh, original design baby Sonic, but. The world will never know, I'm afraid. Um, um, also, this is, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of digressions because that's kind of what Hedgepot is. Yeah. Um, but I want to say, like, before this movie, I don't know what your uh, your trailers uh, look like, but before this movie, we got a trailer for a movie with Baby Gru from Despicable Me. Yes. A trailer with Baby Scooby-Doo. A yes. And there was another one. I can't remember what. Um, but there was like three trailers with like, here's a character that you like as a baby. And this movie opened with a baby version of Sonic. Oh. It's that dumb thing that like movies for kids, people that make kid movies for kids try to do where they think like, if we want this movie to appeal to kids, we have to put kids in it. Mm-hmm. Which is, kind of. Uh... As I've said before, the exact opposite of what kids want to watch adults. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, kid like adults. Love but... pretending they're adults. It's their yes. favorite thing. I when I was when I was six years old, seven years old, I could not give a damn about Rugrats. Because like I don't care about babies. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I want to watch Hey Arnold. They're like cool teenagers, you know? Exactly. I, I, I want to watch the grown-ups on Scooby-Doo. I, I don't need a kid yeah. surrogate. I mean, babies are hot right now. Baby group, baby Teen Yoda. Titans, babies are guys. fucking hot right now. Yeah, I just, I, I, just, I think it's a, a dumb... So I was not yeah. surprised to see, uh, to see Baby Sonic in this. Uh, but I get it. They're just dumb people making dumb movies for dumb uh, for other dumb people um <laughs> i'm glad the dummies like, have something to watch uh there's uh uh getting back to the movie um and i talked about this on the first time i was on the hedge pod like when you introduce bigger things in your movie like it opens it up questioning for little things in the movie and in that opening like this is my world. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. Blah, 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 blah. You see Sonic. You see it twice. You see it in this opening part, and you see it later on in the bar fight sequence. But you see Sonic run vertically up a building. And so at one point in the movie later on, there's a big, tall building. And for whatever reason, Sonic doesn't run up that building. He, he runs up the interior of the building because he like knows the door is locked but he can't run up the outside of the it's just it's lazy plotting it's just they they save the payoffs for the things that matter yeah yeah but it's like it's one of those things where it's you you specifically structured the the end of this movie around a problem the hero could solve in two seconds it's like if you ended a fucking iron man movie where it's like damn we need to walk into this room but someone needs to be wearing a suit of armor oh well i guess we got to go through 20 minutes of you fighting this other guy damn like sonic sonic can like understand maps and I, I'm assuming like Sonic can read a map he can do what he needs to do well and, guys let's get to that when we get there yes yes I'm sorry. uh yeah yeah the, uh, so, I'll put so, a pin in that. so after Sonic uh runs away if there's a 10 year jump forward right love it yes love it where we learn uh, uh, that Sonic is the town pervert, and he he watches all of the denizens of Green Hills, Montana, in their watches, in their day to day lives. He watches them. He watches um, Speed, and he watches Naked Gun, Files from the Police Squad. Uh, yes, those are he, the two movies that he uh, watches. James, two movies, and he watches James Marsden and his wife enough that you know he's seen them fuck. Like he, you know, he has statistically yeah. he must have uh yes also if, if sonic understands death he also understands sex yeah uh and that leads me to the second thing that i thought sure was going to happen um in this movie but didn't happen and i was surprised that it didn't i so thought and you know like if you were honestly trying with this movie that's probably what you would have done uh, James Martin is Marston and his wife are already married at the beginning of this movie. I thought sure it was going to be a thing where like James Marston was unsure about his future and unsure and all this stuff, and he was unsure as to whether he was going to marry this woman or not. Oh and my he was, god. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm gonna say. I thought sure he was going to propose to her with one of Sonic's rings, and that never <laughs> did happen. Well they were already married. That, that is <laughs> That's because you are thinking of a new script, not one they wrote 
like 20 years ago oh, and it gotcha. barely changed. Gotcha. Yeah, they, okay. they just, uh, the only change they've made to the script in the last 15 years is adding in a script line where Sonic does the funny floss dance. Well, no, it. no, they also put in a product placement for Zillow. And no, you're right. Oh, there is yeah, also a uh, that is there... that is the only time we see a computer in the entire movie. I forgot that there is one more. There is indeed a scene, a, a Hillary Clinton emails joke in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I did forget about that. Wait, what? Yeah. Where do they make that joke? It's when uh, 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 Tom Wachowski rolls up with the wrapped up Sonic to uh, so he. So, so James Marsden applies in San Francisco, where his wife's family lives? Yeah. Anyway, and he rolls up to their house with the wrapped up Sonic, and, and his, his sister-in-law goes, Is that plutonium? Is that emails? Yeah, <laughs> Which I about that. could only be what? a butter what? emails joke. Also, there's a- God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> It is either a butter emails joke or a Sony email hacks joke, and I don't know or, which is which. Or, or it's some, or it's something. An a seventy-five-year-old man heard his grandkids mention, and it just stuck in his head. Yeah. Um, also, uh, there's two product placements in this movie. Sonic's shoes are made by Nike. Three. There, there are three. No, there four, is actually. a very large Olive Garden runner. <laughs> oh, is, yes. I forgot about that, too. There yes, is a yes. scene we'll where, that, unironically, we'll unironically, this married couple says, well, you could go to the Olive Garden, because when you're there, you're family. It's yeah, that's, uh, unbelievable. Uh, at, one point, um, at one point, James Marsden at the bar asks for a mellow yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, yeah. further cements my theory that this was written 20 years ago. Because, I mean, be honest with me. When was the Only last time you saw... Stranger Things fanatics wanted Mellow Yellow. It died out. The free market spoke. Yeah, I was... I, I had not thought about Mellow Yellow <laughs> since my days on the Warrenton, Missouri soccer pitch where you could buy one from the concession stand. And James, I earnestly don't think I've glimpsed one in ten some odd years. There's there's a draft of the script where James Marsden asks for an OK Cola. He asks or, for a tab. Or a surge. He asks for a ski. <laughs> Hey, can I uh, get this kid a Dr. Thunder? <laughs> One Mr. Pib for my friend here. Give me a pineapple sh vest, please. They they messed up. They uh they messed up on not getting on that LaCroix, you know, like Oh yeah. man. They could have like, they could have had that sweet money. The script yeah. was written 20 years ago. Uh, and LaCroix first came out like 25 years ago and it finally got popular. Like, yeah, LaCroix was in its, in its nascency yeah. when this, when yeah. this uh, script and, was written. Oh, and then uh, and Sonic's uh, shoes are Pumas. No, they're, are they Pumas or are they Nikes? No, they're Pumas. You can see, because Puma... Um, a, Puma announced they would be distributing Sonic shoes, like Sonic-branded shoes. Uh, and there, you can also see, when he puts them on, you can see the logo, like, on the bottom of the feet. Gotcha. I thought they were, I thought they were uh, Nikes. My bad. Nope. Uh, nope, this movie, again, it's Sega. 
It yeah. Can't get Nike, so it settles for Puma. So or you know, Puma. like, or you know, like, in Sonic Adventure Two, he wears soaps. You could have, you could have put soaps on him, but it's yeah. whatever. What we need a scene where what we needed a scene where Sonic gets his shoes. He can't just yes. have his shoes. He of course must have an origin story. Is that they are a little girl's PE shoes? I was thinking about that. Like most like athletic running shoes are like rated for like you know like running like five thousand steps. And Sonic like he he surpasses that very early on with those new shoes. <laughs> yeah, they he is going to violate the warranty on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of the town pervert Sonic, yes, uh, this town. it is so it is time how... for a performance review. Oh yes, Ben Schwartz as Sonic. Good, nails it. Terrible script, but he sounds and feels like Sonic. Vern, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the script is terrible. There's definitely more than a handful of moments where they're like, ah, Ben Schwartz improvise. Uh, and he does the best he can do with it. Um, I I would say uh, on a general scale, pass on a on a letter grade scale. I would say like B, mm-hmm. maybe okay. B plus. Like, yeah. it, like if he had a decent, it, if at least a decent director, it would have been great. Yeah, like sure. it could have been genuinely iconic if he had decent lines and decent direction. Sure. Um. I. I... I, I'm going to give him a soft pass. He delivers a lot of lines in exactly the same pitch and intonation. Like, That's true. Every other line is this pitched up, like, joke, like, eh, at the end of it. Um, and he doesn't, I mean, he is not a rude dude with attitude. This is a very, like, neutered nice. Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, he is, this is not the guy who's wagging his finger on you on the start screen. Um, but it, it's all right. It's, it's kind of charming. It's not great. And it's not, oh God, I hate that I'm saying this. It's not really Sonic, but it's something. Uh, and I will, I will give him a pass. I was not annoyed by Ben Schwartz. And I, so that I, is a soft pass. As someone who's seen uh middle edition Schwartz live and as someone who, uh, one of the few people that likes that first episode of Comedy Bang Bang at the beginning of the year with uh, Ben Schwartz and Horatio Sands. Um, I will say, like, it feels like a very dialed back Ben Schwartz. Yes. He's not like Ben Schwartz is at his best whenever he's just like doing a Olympic solo bolo Olympic song challenge where he's just like in a frenzy. Uh, mm-hmm. But being in a frenzy and being hyper and being like, Whoa! like that's not cool and Sonic has to be cool. So he feels like it feels like a very subdued Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't allowed to go full out. Yes. I understand. He, he did well enough within some very, uh, uh, strong limitations oh, including yeah. script direction uh the uh, the manic nature the fact that he was like watching footage and was having to like ad lib over it um mm-hmm. it, that he was obviously reading from two different drafts of the script and trying to reconcile that he he, d- yeah. he did well he, he can i i was just going to say um and maybe this maybe we should put a pen in this and save it for uh, later, which at this point will be like seven hours from now. But like, uh, Ken Burns, baby. Uh, 
I I distinctly remember um in your in your in your guys's episode about uh, the comics, um Justin talking about like Sonic one of the one of the Ten Commandments from Sega of America uh, from Sega of Japan, being that Sonic can't show emotion, uh and I was really surprised with this script like Sonic like he's kind of like a a man baby through this <laughs> like not saying it's wrong to have emotions or anything like that you should feel what you feel but there's several times where like sonic gets very like but i just wanted to know what it's like you know like he he's he's this sonic is very in touch with his feels and that makes it feel like a very different sonic he's not with his feels but he's not gay guys remember sonic is not gay (laughs) no um i have to reinforce the fact that sonic is not gay no, he is not gay. I can actually now now that we've mentioned it, I can carbon date exactly when this draft of the script was written, and it was in the year 2010 when the film The Bucket List came out. Mm. Because the second oh. act of this movie is Sonic attempting to accomplish his bucket list, yeah. and that is a script that only could have been written in 2010. I wonder what what it was was like cuz 10 years ago is hot off the heels of Sonic 06. Like, I'm sure Sega was like, why did it take this long? Like, I feel like Sega would have been like feverishly like paling out the water of the boat on Sonic. Like, a movie would have done a lot, done them a lot of goodwill at that time. I wonder what the delay in that was. It's so strange that it took us this yeah. long to get a Sonic movie. And uh, I believe I've said it before, but I think the ideal version of a Sonic movie. Uh, would have been from one of these trailers. It would ha- you would have gotten the Minions team to make your Sonic movie, and it would have had a bunch of cute critters, and it would have it would have actually gone fast a few times. You know, it, it, there would have been some sense of like propulsion and movement. Uh, I think Lord and Miller was... needed to write this movie. Oh, I don't want to waste their time. I don't. I don't. I I Maybe respect not. them too much. Maybe not Lord and Miller, but like get the people that made the Captain Underpants movie on it. Sure, that's actually people. a good uh, comparison. Uh, like oh, can't... I think I just realized the uh, the thing the other movie that had a baby in it. It was SpongeBob. Oh, that's it. It, it was SpongeBob, SpongeBob. baby that's SpongeBob. Right. That's right. There's, good job. There's... <laughs> Justin Justin's on his on his A game. He knows what's going on. Uh, also, one of us is. also his brain's working overtime to not think about Sonic. <laughs> Anything uh, we can do. Uh, so I will I will attempt to put this train back on some sort yeah, of tracks. So, yes, yes. uh, so back to so the town of Green Hills. The town of Green how, Hills. How of many course, DUIs do you think this town gets regularly? Uh, uh, one per citizen. Because <laughs> there's how nothing many do you else think to Jan- do. How many do you think James Marsden's character actually arrests them for? I think they took away Crazy Ernie, Crazy Ernie's, like, we uh stare at like uh, keys so none no duis now i will say uh there's a handful of moments in this movie that i thought were kind of cute and I, I i crazy ernie the guy who's like he swears he's seen sonic yeah him lifting up the the picture of the ms eight ms paint uh sonic <laughs> that was a cute little moment i do like that's that. a good one i sw- i had no idea until way late in the movie that green hills was in montana I thought it was in like the Pacific Northwest. I thought yeah, it was, like, I thought it was in like California. Would have made too uh, much sense. Would have been too easy. But no, it I is got, in Montana. I got an Oregon vibe from it, but it's it's Montana. I was very surprised by that. 
Um, and that's bad, whatever. That's a surprising thing in a Sonic movie. Um, <laughs> oh, that the was The surprising Montana. thing is that Montana is significant. And, and putting fast Sonic in a slow-moving Montana town is something. It could have been something. But the problem is he loves it. He's like, I love how slow this town is. It's very confusing oh. to me. Also, Montana? You mean the state with, like, the huge, beautiful mountains and desert vistas that, <laughs> that with all the space to run, that would have looked amazing seeing Sonic run among the natural splendor? No, sir. Just a baseball diamond for me, thanks. Yeah, I know, like, you, there could have been a great shot of, like, a sand dune exploding as Sonic runs directly through it. Yeah. Or could something. Have been. Oh, yeah, could it's have like, been. You know those like stone wind. You know those like stone, natural stone arches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic like runs around those in like, like Wiley Coyote Country. Sounds great. Might have been great. Boy, if only will, someone had thought of that. That I will say like that moment where where Sonic's playing uh, the baseball game. That's the best scene in the movie. Yes. Uh, that is a fun. That is a fun scene. It's a uh, they there. There's some cleverness going around where like. Sonic is every member of the team, but he's just because you know I don't know. It's it's he's every it's, member it's, of both teams. He he's having yeah, a little fun with himself. Yeah. They to give this it's movie cute. the barest amount of credit, they do give him the high five thing to pay yeah. off later. Again, the barest yeah. amount of credit, but they they do that. That is probably the best scene in the movie that does not involve my favorite character, uh, the only good character in the film, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, I love me some Adam Pally. Um, but our lead, our male lead, James Marsden, as Tom Wachowski, not Wachowski, Wachowski. Um, yeah. Uh, pass fail. How do we feel? Uh, fail. He's a nothing. He's a gingerbread man brought to life, <laughs> but even more tasteless. Uh, Vern? James Marchand is a talented actor. Yes. You never, you would never know it, but he's a talented actor <laughs> based on like the roles he takes. And unfortunately, the one chance we could have finally seen James Marchand as a great actor gets cut. Uh, him playing Burt Reynolds in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Man. I would have loved to have seen that, but that, that gets cut. Oh from my movie. God. Is it not um, on the blue? It's not on the blue. It's not um, on the blue. Uh, but James Marsden's a fine actor, um, but as Justin said, completely, totally vanilla baby face. It's like, it could have been anyone else. Like, I like seeing James, James Marsden. I like um, looking at him. He's I handsome. Like, he's a handsome man. Uh, this is the other, uh, obviously you got the blue hedgehog, and that's part of where this movie veers into fantasy territory. The other part of where this movie veers into fantasy territory is like, there's a likable police officer in it. <laughs> um, Again, further proof: this movie was written 20 years ago when, like, when people liked cops. And two likable police officers, two of them. That's true. That's true. It's like, a, it's he's a very post 9/11 yeah. cop, or he's a hero. Post 9/11, yeah. but pre uh, dash cam cop. Yes, it's because uh, he wants to move to pre Ferguson cops. Yes, he wants to move to San Francisco so he can save a life. 
Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, like Cal- California cops are, like, known heroes in the oh, American absolutely. Like, whenever I watch the Rodney King tapes, I just thought, like, look at those heroes. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, wait, oh, no. Did Jesus you guys know Christ. that Steve Bannon tried doing a Shakespeare movie set in the Rodney King riots? Oh, my God. I'm not surprised. Um, but what? Uh, the, the the fucking Romeo and Juliet? What movie? No, 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 no. It was Coriolanus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ray Fiennes did one where, like, Coriolanus is in, like, Iraq. So I guess oh, anybody yeah. can do yeah. anything. Yeah, no, horse, but like, like, like there was a um, a dramatic reading of the uh, script with um oh god who plays uh meow meow fuzzy face and Bojack he plays uh <laughs> Thomas Saint Dubois in um in the Boondocks uh I name? I can't help you I have no idea oh he's I'm just sorry. this like really good like black like comedian voice actor guy who like plays the title role and it's uh, still kind of a shit it's still a really shitty script title role guys, in the Steve Bannon choreo guys I'm sorry I'm not I try not to be someone who hot dogs and grandstands and drags a lot of attention to myself but when you were talking I said a horse a horse by Rodney Kingdom for a horse and I think that's really funny <laughs> I just I'm, I, I'm, that needs I'm, to, I'm, I'm really proud of that and that needs to be heard I'm glad you brought it back yeah. I'm glad you brought it back please, please, um, please. Um, yeah anyway. Rodney King Henry the um, third uh, Rodney cool. King Henry third um, anyway so, James Marsden he's fine pass yeah. barely passed yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah James Marsden uh, being as handsome as he was kind of kept me awake for this movie unlike the children uh, on either side of me in my screening who were fast asleep um, but uh, uh, James no Marsden laugh. For that first like half of the movie, easy. No, the no only laughs. I there was a lot of uh, we I didn't talk much about my movie going experience, but there was um, a lot of children. I went on an, at five o'clock on a Saturday night. Um, mm. There was a handful of children uh, in my auditorium. The only reaction I heard from any of the children was during the Scooby Doo trailer when Scooby Doo licks the camera, and yeah, they, they like that. Kids. That hurt some kids go like, ew, but that was, yeah, that was, yeah, uh, that was uh, uh, but, apart uh, from but... like child restlessness, it was dead silent <laughs> during Sonic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a complete stony silence during this right. film. Uh, but James, I'm, I'm predisposed to like him. I think he's a good actor who just needs to like fire his agent if he hasn't yes. already. Yes. I think he is good in those original X-Men movies, but they don't let him do anything but i think he like he's giving a, a strong performance as cyclops um, well, in, in and, all fairness it's cyclops there's usually not a lot to do how dare you uh do not get me started um but uh but and then he bounced around for a while he's really it's a very small part he's really good in hairspray as corny collins a song and dance host he's really mm-hmm. good and he's kind of funny in uh, the long-forgotten uh, boob comedy Sex Drive, uh, where these boys have to oh, go yeah. drive to get laid. He plays like, oh, it's like an older oh, brother. Oh, he's great in 30 Rock. Yeah, he's so good as crisscross on 30 Rock. Like, he's a, he's a talented, funny guy who just has had no luck in movies and is the... upsetting. But I'm he's glad he's a... getting paid. I'm he's, glad he, he's a he got that He's a John Hamm who misses chance. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least he's the getting first, that check. 
You know the, what I the mean? The first half of the box is incredible, and a lot of the reason is because of him. He's really, uh, he's really talented, and he looks really good in a skin-tight t-shirt. That, yeah. uh, how does Sonic find out that Tom is moving to San Francisco? Well, he's wearing a shirt that says, San Francisco, here I come. A child's t-shirt. Let's yeah, he's fair. wearing a baby doll tee. It is a, it, he is Simon Cowling it. He is wearing a very, very, very painted on t-shirt. Sheer. I ain't fighting it. Wardrobe, more of those, please. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, but he's I, not gay either, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. He ain't he's, gay. He's married. He's, he's got a lawfully wedded wife. He doesn't propose to her with a sonic ring, but they are married. And Boy, yes, wouldn't, it, wouldn't have that been something, huh? Uh-huh. I thought so, sure it was going to happen. Um, so what happens uh, to Sonic Vern? How does, how, what, how does this uh, plot activate? So... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. I know, so like Sonic, uh, he's kind of like a, he, he runs around Green Hills and he's got kind of like a Sasquatch vibe to him. Does he exist? Does he not exist? Most of the people doesn't think he exists, but Crazy Ernie believes. Um, and Sonic, uh, also he runs so fast, he's got quills and those quills fall out of him because he sheds. That's a plot point for later. But Sonic, uh, there's a scene where Sonic plays baseball. And it is, as we were saying earlier, it's the best scene in the movie. Sonic plays baseball, and it's the movie does a thing where he, he runs so fast that he's every member on both teams. So, like, he's the pitcher and the catcher and the batter and the outfielder. And uh, Sonic has different personalities for all this thing. One of them, it's... Um, it's uh, Jerry's game from the beginning of uh, A Bug's Life, <laughs> but multiplied by like 20. Um, but at the end of the the baseball game, uh, Sonic goes to like at the end of like softball games, which Sonic has watched, uh, the kids like walk in a line and high five each other. And Sonic goes to do that. And whenever he does that, he realizes he's all alone. Uh, there's no one else. He can pretend to be other people. But he cannot have someone else, and he he just he he's alone, and uh, he's been cool for so long. But he realizes like uh, what's what's being cool if you have no one to share it with, uh, and this makes Sonic very upset. Uh, he starts running around uh, the the baseball diamond uh, multiple 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 times. The second best sequence in a media where a main character runs around a baseball diamond multiple times, the first being season two of Joe Paratox with you on Adult Swim. Um, but Sonic runs through the baseball diamond a hundred times, and he runs so fast, and it causes uh, the lights on the baseball diamond to explode and a power surge throughout the entirety of Green Hills. Um, well, the entirety of the the eastern sea, or the western seaboard. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay, I did not... Re okay, it's the entirety of... A big area gets knocked out of power because of Sonic and how fast he run. That's why the military uh, takes notice. Yes. Is because yeah. he, then, Sonic has blacked out the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we we cut to uh, finally something that really feels like Sonic the Hedgehog. Military generals discussing... <laughs> uh, <laughs> EMPs uh, and terrorist attacks. Yes. Dis Again, discussing terrorists. Further proof: This movie was written uh, like two decades ago. The main, like the main, like gruff general, is just not Colin Powell. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, at one point, uh, in a in a line that really made me laugh, laugh. Uh, uh, they're they're suggesting the generals realize that there's one person they need to bring in to talk about this, but no one wants to bring him in. Uh, and one of the reasons no one wants to bring him in is because he's referred to as a psychological tire fire, which is uh, <laughs> as funny as um, whenever. <laughs> Rip Torn says intergalactic kegger in Men in Black. Um, as funny as whenever the Cloverfield soldier says, all right, boys, rack and pack them. Uh, it's just really funny whenever you hear military people try to say, like, terms, like layman terms. But anyway, they don't want to bring them in, but they have to smash to cut to uh, the baseball diamond. Daylight. There's a military presence there, but suddenly... Uh, a giant blacked out uh, Optimus Prime if he was a Decepticon <laughs> semi-truck rolls in and outsteps Jim Carrey as Dr. Ivo Robotnik. Um, he's never referred to as Ivo. Uh, it's just Dr. Robotnik. Um, and this is where the first time director Jeff Fowler says, ah, Jim, just be Jim. <laughs> Uh, and and Jim Carrey just he does shtick um, stuff that like if I was anywhere between 5 to 10 years old I would have been so happy to see Jim Carrey in my Sonic the Hedgehog movie but being a, a 30 year old man who's grown up and acquired taste I'm like uh. um, I he, mean Jim Carrey he does Jim Carrey's Robotnik is like if the Riddler got divorced yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... If the Riddler got divorced but was in a dom-sub relationship with yeah. his military partner. Um, but he, uh, it, it's Jim Carrey it, doing like, shit. He realized he was bi, he got a new sub. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it's it's Jim Carrey doing shtick that we have not seen him do in a decade. It's been it's, a while um, since we've had this yeah. Jim Carrey. Since, like, oh, Yes yeah. Man. Yeah, it's... Oh yeah, God, maybe even farther back than that. Maybe even like Bruce Almighty shtick. Yeah, he is full See, Jim Carrey shtick in this movie. Vibes. Yeah, full. It's, oh my God, like it's full rubber face Jim Carrey, uh, and it's uh, it's it's interesting to see. Like, I mean, Jim Carrey doing that thing again. Uh, we've had a lot of number twenty threes and a lot of uh, things like that between. You know, Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, and the Jim Carrey we have in, you know, as Robotnik. But he just does, he just does, you know, like, Fire Marshal Bill, like, shtick, you know, just, like, rotates his head and all this stuff. He has a, he has a Nintendo Power Glove, which he uses <laughs> to, uh... <laughs> That's right, he's got the Power Glove! He's got a Power Glove that he uses to control uh, Aerostats from Terminator Salvation, uh, -huh. uh, uh and he he the sends the orbs from phantasm yes uh and he sends those out to uh to uh to comb the woods he uh and then vanguard one finds uh sonic's <laughs> footprint um in the in the field and it feels like sonic was just sonic just like or not sonic but just like robotnik just like becomes obsessed with that footprint and becomes obsessed with Sonic yeah. and kind of just like, I guess it's outside of his jurisdiction to like worry about getting the power back on. Um, but uh, it just, 
becomes the thing. Uh, then we we uh, Sonic uh, Doctor Ivo Robotnik becomes obsessed with Sonic, and we we get to the reason Jim Carrey agreed to this movie. Oh, you'll pay me thirty billion dollars, and I have to stay in one set for a week. Okay. <laughs> um, so he's just in like he's in like Power Rangers lab set, just like doing tests on a quill. He finds a quill from Sonic. Um, and he does a test on this quill, and uh, in full child logic, the test result on this quill real yields that uh, shows that this quill re- yields in unlimited power. <laughs> <laughs> like the digital readout says, unlimited power is capable from a quill, not from Sonic, <laughs> from the quill. Uh, and so, like, for the record, Sonic has power. It is never explained what the power is. I think it's just like comes from. It's just called his power. Yeah, I think it's just like you know, like if you walk around and you don't pick your feet up off the carpet, and eventually you build up static. I think that's just what Sonic is doing whenever he runs. He just doesn't pick his feet up, and that's the shit. It's it's the Sega version of the Speed Force. Yes. Yeah. In a in a plot line that Hollywood. We can just throw right in the garbage. We can stop making movies structured around what is my power? How do I understand my power? It is the shittiest, least relatable, least interesting plotline that comes up again and again and again in these horrible movies. Also, Ooh, except Sonic doesn't even understand his power. He has no, like, self-discovery. It's nothing. His self-discovery at the end of the movie is that he should stop running. It's the worst. <laughs> and you're like, was that the plot line that I was supposed to get the whole time? He's running from people that are trying to kill him. What do you it's, mean, Sonic we'll should ahead. stop we're, we're, running? We're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't care. I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> but we, we need to do... Our Too performance fast. review of the star of Earth Girls Are Easy himself, Jim Carrey. <laughs> you mean once bitten's James Carrey? Uh, the Majestic's Jim Carrey? Um, <laughs> Mr. Pop was Penguins, Jim Carrey. You, that movie does not exist. It only exists in clip packages for direct TV. Uh, that, that movie... <laughs> The movie is one scene of Jim Carrey dancing with penguins, and that is it. Yeah. <laughs> it is 12 seconds long. It is part of a clip package for DirecTV. Yeah. It's, it, it, like, there was, like, it's Argo. It was actually like a CIA front. <laughs> a CIA front to sell Dish Network. Yeah, they, they actually saved a lot of penguins and smuggled them yeah. onto a film set. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> Jim Carrey, uh, bad, bad wow. casting. Okay. Uh, he he he's too hot to be Robotnik. Um, like literate, like a, a hot person. Like you want yes, to fuck like Jim physically Carrey. Too attractive to be Robotnik. I started like, seeing tweets about the thirst for Jim Carrey, and I don't think I've ever understood anything less. No offense to Jim Carrey, but I've never looked at Jim Carrey as a sexual object. As a bisexual man, I just can't you, see oh, it. You haven't seen uh, Once Bitten. <laughs> I guess not. It's, uh, he, he's attractive in the sense that he's not aged. Sure. Yeah, 
he, he's well preserved and he's got that like strong domineering personality at least in this one that like i could see it working for people sure yeah there's definitely this is somebody's something he's in that yeah. like little flight suit uh Vern, james carey as far as Dr. Robotnik goes, I think Kick-Ass 2's Jim Carrey is uh, <laughs> probably, you know, it's, it's if you're, I'm going to say fail, um, he's too everything to be Robotnik. Obviously, if you're making a live action Sock the Hedgehog movie and you have to cast Dr. Robotnik, you cast John Goodman, but yeah. John Goodman... John Goodman doesn't move tickets like Jim Carrey does. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as we posited in our last episode, John Lovitz as well. John, John Lovitz John is like my number one choice, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I'd give you that. The uh, The only thing is that John Goodman has the gruff voice. and Yeah. That, you know, that, I would love to hear like, let's get those Chaos Emeralds, huh? That's <laughs> the ticket. Uh, I would love to hear that. But uh yes. well, uh, then let's just put Josh Gad as the Robotnik. Disgusting. Get out of that's. No, I refuse. I refute your claim. Uh, but uh, we just it, put like we just put him in the uh, old man makeup they used at the end of Jack. Yes, oh, Jesus. Um, yes, uh, but my uh, performance review of the incredible Burt Wonderstone's Jim Carrey, <laughs> uh, Anchorman Two: The Legend Continues, own Jim Carrey. Um, I, I, I. All right, I'm going to step out on a limb. He's the only thing I like about this movie. I think his first scene is terrible. It's terribly Mm -hmm. edited. It is the worst Jim Carrey shtick, but legitimately he made me laugh like five or six times. Oh, no, he's a bad Robotnik. He's still the most watchable part of the movie. Yeah, Yeah, that is why he gets the biggest pass of the entire movie, because I was like, at least this is something. At least I got something I can hone in on here. He made me, you know, when oh, yeah. he he's like, "You just keep being you, Sliss, killing, killing yeah. Jim, keep there's, going, there's, baby." He's, he he he's trying to be a cartoon supervillain, like, and I think it worked. I would yeah. I would like to he, see he him come back as in just a like generic scientist. Yeah, there's, but this there's, is Robotnik. He's not he's not just any generic scientist yes there's a big i should have said there's a big asterisk on my review of a series of unfortunate events his own jim carrey as robotnik he's a bad robotnik but he is one of the best things if not the best thing about yeah. this movie okay uh i i will accept those reviews from the both yeah. of you but jim carrey and... might be my only true without asterisk pass of the entire movie <laughs> Yeah, so he rolls in and, and, you know, he finds the quill in Tom Wachowski's house and then Sonic saves the day or whatever. Um, Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, Tom has previously tranquilized Sonic. Yes, okay. Oh, yeah, we missed the big thing. This this movie. So we have James Marsden, an off-duty cop, finding an unarmed, injured person... And just shoots him prematurely. With a tranquilizer. With a tranquilizer. It, 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 it's still a gun. Yeah, okay, And so, it's played for laughs. Not as far out of that fantasy element as I as I said earlier. Is he yes. does have an itchy trigger finger. Uh, what, if, what if the backstory 
to uh, Paul Winslow in, uh, in Die Hard. In uh, Die Hard, was I shot a, a kid. <laughs> I shot a hog. I shot a hog. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, he shoots Sonic, keeps him in a little doggy cage. Uh, Robotnik rolls up just in time for uh, 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 James Marsden to fucking cold cock him. Just knocks him clean out oh, with one and, big old cop punch. Oh, and then uh, between uh, being shot with a trank and uh, Dr. Robotnik showing up, uh, Sonic is taking the rings. He's going to escape. And he accidentally says San Francisco because he reads uh, James Marsden's shirt. <laughs> His baby and he drops. And he drops the ring, and the bag of rings ends up in San Francisco, which is why James Martin and Sonic are in a, in a car for half this movie. Um, Above the, like, what, the Empire State Building? It's the Transamerica it's the, yeah. the Trans America building. Get, like, we couldn't get a national monument, so we went with undisclosed corporate building yes we got the biggest building in checks notes san francisco <laughs> uh yeah so all his rings fall down there so they have to go get the rings on top of the trans america building uh sure fine why not uh, Whatever. i guess so what a great character journey this is going to be they have to oh, go yeah. find a bag of rings uh sonic uh he's He's disappointed because he's been found out, and he's like, "Oh, great! I have to leave this world." And the next <laughs> world on his map is a is a mushroom world. And I thought, sure, they're going to do some sort of thing. This is a third thing where I thought they were going to do, but they didn't. I thought, sure, Sonic was going to be like, "Uh, who would want to be in a mushroom kingdom?" But they never they never do that. They never uh, again again. This like if they had a spine, they. <laughs> They do it but... again. If Vern, you're implying that this is a film. You're implying that this is a movie that would have a script, and sadly, it does not. Sadly, uh, any opportunity to do anything mildly interesting is skipped over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in favor of a worse version of something you've seen in another movie. Hey, did you like Looney Tunes back in action? Okay, what if we, uh, what if we did that, but really boring in yeah. that? Remember how cool it was in Looney Tunes back in action that yes, they were on a road trip, but all the Looney Tunes were there and Bugs and Daffy could play off of each other and then they would run into Yosemite Sam. And then they they'd would play run off into... the locations they went to. Yeah, uh, remember uh, how much you enjoyed that and how superior that film is to Space yeah. Jam? Uh, that's cool. What if we did one Sonic character on a road trip with James Marsden? Uh, hmm? How do you... And then, hmm? and then what if they stop at the biker bar from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? These <laughs> fucking movies love biker bars. The they, SpongeBob they are movie, horny for biker Sonic bars. movie, and oh yeah, and, yeah. It's, oh no, it's what Hollywood executives think real America is. Are these crazy biker bars with the worst, toughest people just like setting indiscriminate things on fire, throwing yeah. knives <laughs> at each yeah. other, or actively like setting a car on fire? As if when you if you walked into a biker bar, it wouldn't just be people drinking beer quietly. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's and the worst, like, most dangerous place. You'd hear a racial slur like that. shooting guns at toilets. Like that's of yeah. course what happens in a biker bar. Like someone overdosing on fentanyl. That's what happens in biker bars. Jesus. 
Uh, yeah, so Tom and Sonic go on the run. Yeah, they have um, escape from Robotnik, uh, and they escape from and, somehow uh, James Marsden. Uh, they never. It it kind of doesn't really get addressed, but like James Marsden's promotion in San Francisco was pending a background check, and then all of a sudden, like James Marsden is on national news as a terrorist. And, like, there's never, like, a line of dialogue where he's like, what about my job? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, well th- that doesn't matter. That ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah. Also, we don't – we are never shown how good a cop James Marsden actually is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not – and when they return to Green Hills at the end of the movie – there are no repercussions of the last few days of news stories where their own sheriff has been called a terrorist. Uh, a ter- which Everyone in, just kind of embraces him in open rural, arms. In rural Montana is a death sentence. Yes, like, there are no repercussions. There's no trouble or, or impasses because of it's, that. It's it, just It's almost like nothing. the script was written before terrorism was, like, a, ma- a public issue. Oh, this so you're is, saying this is like 1998. This is a pre-9-11 film. I stand okay. by it. Okay. Is it, isn't, uh, wasn't, um, oh God, uh, it was like four or five years, 2014, 2015, uh, there was a, like a, um, a, uh, a, a bird sanctuary or there was some like, uh, like, state park that was taken over by like a militia that, yeah, yeah 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 that was uh wasn't that montana that was cliven bundy's kid yes but wasn't that in montana it was in oregon oregon okay so never mind i was gonna say like yeah. uh i mean that guy cliven bundy's uh child he is a terrorist all those charges got dropped because of course he's a fucking white guy yeah um but like if if uh, in, in this world, like, I could see we're like, oh, our sheriff's a terrorist? We like him even better now. Like, he's a terrorist in the eyes of, like, the, you know, liberal cucks. Not, well, not that, oh, well, yeah, again, Bill Clinton era. Yeah, that's true. Waco, Waco happened. Oh, after. God, fuck, man. Guy, people listening at home, you might think, like, talking about, like, Clive and Bundy and, like, Waco, Texas is, like, out of character for a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast. But, like, it's all relevant. You've heard of Shadow the Hedgehog. Like, this fits in. <laughs> like, this. Shadow the Hedgehog, who is Shadow based the on the gentleman from Columbine. Citizen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an amalgamation uh, of both of the Columbine shooters. Yeah. Yes. The uh, postal dude himself, Shadow the Hedgehog. It was it, almost. Uh, uh, it's one of the Columbine killers wore fursuits instead of trench coats. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but so like they're on the run from the government and they're on the run to San Francisco to get Sonic's rings so he can escape. Um, and because it's a road trip through America, it doesn't matter where point A and point B is, but because it's a road trip through America, they encounter a bag, a biker bar um and sonic he walks in wearing a cowboy hat and glasses and no one no one thinks twice about it but you know in fairness in real life no one would they're like is this your child <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> furry blue 
He's not wearing uh, a mask or like a, a bandana like over his. Oh no, he is wearing a bandana over his face. No, but, he's just wearing sunglasses oh, and a hat. That's right. That's he right. has a poncho, but he still has a hedgehog he's, face. He's dressed like what a shitty like a California executive thinks. Oh, that's what people in the West wear. Yes, but uh, of course, like Sonic. Uh, because he's a he's a fish out of water or a hedgehog out of water, he gets into some trouble, and that leads us to like the very obvious oh. and very expected like slow motion. Sonic is running very fast, like the Quicksilver from X Men: Days of Future Past sequence of this movie. Yes, uh, but and handled badly because worse the song. Yes, because the song it. has the song that's playing in the background has nothing to do with time. Yeah, it's a random shitty... So, like, in our preview episode, we gave 13 better examples of a song you could have played. This is a nothing rap song. There's no energy or comedy to this sequence. It's slow. It's not interesting. It's... it's, uh, There were better versions of this on fucking Heroes in 2006... You know what I mean? Like, just, just nothing. Uh, ever lazy, not, ugh, God. Um, it, it's no good. It's an infinitely worse version of, like, the best sequence in Days of Future Past. I think everyone is agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's bad, folks. It's no good. The, the, nope. In all fairness, the scene also has the, uh, the fucking exhausting, uh, we don't like your kind here joke. Yeah, it's got a lot of, hey, panda bear, uh, we got a lot of that in there. Remember, um, and- remember hipsters in 2012? Yeah, they called. Oh, the, yeah. the, the last time hipsters were relevant? Because which- apparently bikers don't care for hipsters being in their bar. And... I'm sorry, in what way does Tom resemble a hipster? His See, red flannel shirt? Fireman! Yeah, it's preposterous. It sucks. We, of course, get a sequence where Sonic, uh, pre-fight, uh, decides to knock everything off of his bucket list. Um, which include Team a Wild Animal. <laughs> which what he... Does, what does Sonic consider an animal? Uh, well, a, cor- he, a mechanical a, bull. Yes. Um, he, uh, there's he line a, dances. He, he, uh, he line dances and he accidentally touches a lady's butt, and the lady thinks it was Tom, so she slaps Tom. Great movie. Um, at least during the slow motion sequence, Sonic eats chili dogs. He does eat several chili. I will give there's the movie then, credit. And then we get some great payoff to that. <laughs> We, uh, I don't know that we do, do we? but uh, what is it? Well, yeah, big old fart and the one oh, laugh. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Sonic the Hedgehog farts in his movie. The movie where they make a Hillary Clinton emails joke. They Sonic also farts. Because why not? Um, uh, so the, 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 the scene where James Marsden orders a mellow yellow in a bar. Yeah, Which, not even a Coke. Where, what that bars have. That a yeah. bar would have a can of Coke. Or like a At seltzer water. Like, 
you, I mean, you don't have to encourage like alcohol consumption in your kids' smoothie, but at least have James Martin say just like whatever you got on tap. You know, because yeah. that could be that could be anything, but you know, it's got to be melon or just water. He could just ask for water. Yeah, uh, but you know, we we got to get the brands involved yep. uh, in this commercial. There's a, a big uh, brouhaha, big kerfuffle. Sonic does uh, Quicksilver stuff. They leave the bar and uh, they go to a hotel room, to which Sonic does more like. I'm going to run around this hotel room and do stuff really fast while James Martin sleeps. Um, at that point, uh, we've seen that Sonic has crossed off everything off his bucket list except for make a best friend. Um, and uh, that's a that's a thing we need to know for later on in the movie. Um, and I can't remember if it's on that TV that James Martin realizes he's a terrorist and just kind of like, oh, well, well whatever. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but shortly, I, I, I know at one point, Dr. Robotnik and uh, his uh, manservant shows up Agent at that microbar, Agent Stone. But I can't remember what happens between those two things. Uh, well, it's basically they, like, right uh, back He to sent back. like a You're tank right before they got to the bar. He sent like a tank. That's that was right, before yes. the bar? Was the huge so. tank fight? Yeah. I, I know that's no, after. No, because was it after? He, there's a hood to the car after the bar fight. Oh, the okay. the tank yes, fight. Yeah, a... I mean, this movie is an illogical series of steps. Yes. But yeah, immediately after, uh, Jim Carrey and his man, sir, uh, his sub, uh, Agent Stone, played <laughs> by Lee Majub, um, I, who for me is a soft pass. I, he was charming. He was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the. Uh... I liked the, the goat milk latte. It was funny. It's this was written uh, in a time when everyone was thinking lattes were funny. Everyone was making uh, Starbucks coffee jokes, and fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But Jim Carrey uh, it, and, yelling and, uh, at him Dennis that Dennis Leary he... was the king of comedy. Indeed. Uh, and, and let me tell you, I'm a simple man. I like simple things. And Jim Carrey yelling that he loves his latte was funny. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. <laughs> I laughed legitimately. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Because in every part of uh, in any good dom sub relationship, you still you have to be open and communicative with each other. Yeah, GGG. Yeah, and uh, indeed, uh, in the scene where Jim Carrey grabs this man by his lower jaw, um, I came a little bit. I will be honest with it's, you. I will be frank. Like they, they tried to make this movie not gay, but they couldn't help it. No, couldn't help it. They tried so hard. Uh, and in a later scene where indeed we do see Sonic the Hedgehog's feet, I realized that I wanted to cut them off and roast them over a grill and eat the delicious hog, uh, and then send his soul to hell. I want to send the whole, I want to send the hog to hell, drown the hog, kill it, put it back in hell. Poison him, drown him, bash him in the head. I hate the hog. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. I I hate the hog. There's, uh, there's a... There's a, you guys have, you guys keep reminding me like, Vern, you're thinking about this if it were a real movie. Uh, but um, and you can't, you can't put that lens on it. And I can't, and I need to stop. But uh, there's uh, Jim Carrey, uh, the Doctor Robotnik shows up at the biker bar, and it's that scene like, yeah, we saw him, blah 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 blah. You know, like I like, tell you, and I was yeah, like, why yeah. wouldn't this guy rat on Sonic? He yeah. hates um, Sonic. Why wouldn't he but, rat on Sonic? 
But also, he's a rural guy in Oregon, so of course he hates the government. Um, but, he, but it's the military. <laughs> he loves the military. We oh, love good our point. troops. Uh, yeah, that, that's respect a good our point. troops. But uh, that sequence opens <clears throat> with, I, I guess, um, during the bar fight, Sonic... Or no, Sonic uh, causes a man to get thrown, launched out of a window, and window shatters. Yes. So the beginning of the scene where Dr. Robonic shows up at the biker bar to question everybody, it shows people putting a new pane of glass in the window. And uh, <laughs> at the end of that sequence, Dr. Robotnik throws somebody out of that window, or someone gets thrown the, through that the window. The same guy. The same the bald si- guy. Yeah, the same guy. That window gets shattered again. Uh, and you would expect there just to be just a reaction shot of the guys who put the window in going like, oh, again? You would expect never... a baseline level of competence from this but movie. That uh, never you, happens. You would expect <laughs> a moment of them holding the shattered glass. You would expect Robotnik to react to what he just did or Stone to react or, God help me, a reaction of the guy on the ground. But no, it is less than a second of this guy going through the window and that's it. It's incompetently put together. There and, was yep. no laugh in my theater because the editing failed itself. And uh, in that, if I remember correctly, he gets thrown through a different window. He's supposed to get like comedy brain. He gets thrown through the window that they put just put in. Wow. But in this movie, he gets thrown through a different window. I guess I hadn't thought that it was a different window. I had it's considered a different it... window. Because oh, when Dr. Robotnik walks out, the two window guys are there and they have the little suction cups on that window they just put in. Comedy Brain says you put in a window that gets smashed and that window gets smashed immediately. Not you put in a window that gets smashed and a separate window gets smashed. Or if that's the joke, you have to show the other window and the guys go like, whew. You know, mm-hmm. like, you can yes. do that, ju- like, that anti-comedy subversion of expectations. Yeah. You, have do, to, you have to do it. Or do, like, there's three windows next to each other. Or, or like, the, uh, the, the guys put the new window in, and then all the windows break except for that one they just put in. Sure, you have like, to do anything. But they don't do that at all in this movie. They just... A, another window, a different window is broken, and there's no reaction to the people who just put the new window in. There's no reaction to the guy who's like, you don't see the big bald guy that gets thrown through the window go like, again? Like, nothing. Anything at all, and there is nothing. It's a huge bummer, but yeah, then Robotnik sends a big tank after them. Uh, which Robotnik is not in this tank, which was confusingly edited it, together. Yes. Well, yeah, no, it's... He does drones, you see. Yeah, I mean, that's... It was confusingly edited together, where I thought because, Robotnik was in the tank. Cause they because they keep cutting first, back to him like he's in the tank. Yes, they first show... Uh, the, it's like the Batman Begins Batmobile, chasing after Sonic and James Marsden. And then Sonic blows that one up and then it's a smaller version that comes out of that and during a smaller version of the bat tank and during the bat tank and the smaller version of the bat tank you see jim carrey like ah i've got you now and then the smaller version of the bat tank explodes and then it becomes this like bat unicycle 
And then mm-hmm. you see James uh, Jim Carrey still like reacting, and that's when you're like, "Oh, Jim Carrey wasn't in those." Yes, and it's very confusingly edited. Plus, it's very confusing to Sonic lore because Doctor Robotnik is always inside some sort of kooky vehicle that yeah. Sonic blows up at the end of every level of Sonic. Yeah, and so for uh, egg- Robotnik, yes, so for Robotnik to not be in a Robotnik vehicle is very confusing. It was confusing. It was confu- it was it's a charming enough action sequence. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, Sonic has to drive creative. for a little yeah, while fine. and it's it was fine. Like it was not I would not uh, hesitate to use the word. I would I would I would I would be I would cautious to use the word good, but it was fine. Um and it and it does enough and of course Sonic learns to drive in this sequence um which comes back later. Um, because Sega, for whatever freaking reason, wants Sonic to drive a car, and it doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he run? Why do we keep having Sonic racers? Sonic can run faster than a vehicle. What does this keep happening? Why do they want Sonic behind the wheel of a car? And at least if you're going to have Sonic behind the wheel of a car... Make it the Sonic Mobile so you can get that like a, a Burger King toy. You can get that <laughs> on store shelves. But instead, it's just like a Ford truck. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, no good. And of course, it comes back later in the movie when from uh, the wife's house, uh, from Natasha Rothwell's house, they drive to the Transamerica building. And it's revealed that Sonic was driving the whole time. And then uh, Mrs. Wachowski gets out and says, why'd we let Sonic drive? And I'm like, yeah, why Why? did you let Sonic drive? What the fuck is wrong with you? It's a joke that doesn't make sense. Like if if you here's here's the sequence you do. You know, they uh, Tom gets knocked out by a Robotnik something and the the wife has to take care of him. So Sonic has to drive. And you do a crazy, like, oh, he's bumping into everything. Oh, he's barely dodging traffic. You know, you do Mm. a comedy car driving sequence. But no, not in Sonic the Hedgehog. You just cut to Sonic having driven there. And two humans that I'm supposed to understand are sane beings. Let Sonic drive. I hate it. I hate it so much. At least, like, have a joke where they step out of the car and you're like, why do you always gotta go fast? Or something, you know, just like... Anything! Or, they, or Sonic gets out of the car and he's like, thanks for letting me drive, and then Sonic, uh, and then James Marsden and his wife comes out, and their hair is straight back, or something, <laughs> you know, like... Or Sonic was in the passenger seat, and he had a fake drive steering wheel for kids, and Tom was yeah. driving the whole time. Anything yeah. else than what you actually did. Yeah, there's uh, all there's a lot of jokes that that are like that are like that that are that are not jokes but framed as jokes. Um, yeah, they uh, there's a there's a chase sequence and it's fine, um, but it and like and it's like a Doctor Robotnik's got like a, a a Russian nesting doll of tanks and yeah. the the, the drones very within drones drones within drones within drones and eventually. The very last one, the very last Vanguard one explodes and hurts Sonic. So then, um, because we needed something for James Marsden's wife to do, she's a vet. 
So then it becomes like, we got to get Sonic to James Marsden's wife so she can make sure Sonic's okay. Um, and whenever uh, James Marsden arrives at his, it's his wife is staying with his sister. The wife, when she went out to look for apartments, brought her dog, which is uh, being a dog owner. You don't do that. You do everything you can to get your dog away from you when you're traveling. Uh, you don't want to travel with your dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, James Marsden's sister-in-law does not trust James Marsden. She does not like him. Because uh, she's a sister-in-law, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and, and, the, and once again, that's this movie not explaining how jokes work. It's got to be the mother-in-law that does that, but it's they make it the sister-in-law. Yeah, they make it the sister-in-law. But here's the weird thing about this joke, is it starts before well, Tom is a terrorist. one older woman this to, is play, true, uh, yeah. to play it's, Longclaw. Yeah, it's uh, it fine. Uh, but they start this joke before Tom has done anything wrong. When he is an upstanding Minnesota or Montana cop that is transferring to San Francisco, and his wife overnight flew to San Francisco, um, and to the point where I was like, "Wait, she's been in San Francisco the entire time? When yeah. did also, she?" Also, he leave? worked. He put her through veterinary school. Yes, he has been nothing but upstanding. And on the phone, the sister-in-law is like, you should, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. And I was like, for what? What is, what is this joke? It's like, I'm... they came together. It's like, just, <laughs> an, it's just an archetype that has arrived in this movie. Just, just bring up, uh, and you know, like, not only that, but like, it's a joke that's a reference to a Dolly Parton song in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's so, or alternatively, or an opera man Wynette. sketch. Yes, yes, yes. An Adam Sandler opera man sketch. That's just true. Uh, um, mystifying, mystifying. This film is. <laughs> uh, but Sonic gets his shoes from a little girl. Uh, yes, and, they, and... they tie up the sister-in-law, and Sonic. Uh, this whole movie has been wearing. And I forgot to look at the trailer to see if in the trailer he's. Because through the entire movie and all almost all the action set pieces, Sonic is wearing like these beat up, mismatched shoes. One's got duct tape all over it. He doesn't yeah. get the shoes that he's known for until way late in the movie. I forgot to look at the trailer to see if, because the trailer has a lot of sequences from that like Russian nesting doll Vanguard one bat tank sequence I was just talking about. I can't remember if in the trailer he's wearing the Sonic shoes or not. Um, might be, but like it's pretty common practice now for studios to like change the footage for the trailer. Yes, yeah. Um, but so Sonic has been wearing like beat up, nasty, raggedy shoes for you know this whole movie, but he finally gets like the shoes that we are accustomed to Sonic wearing um, in San Francisco uh, from a little girl, uh, and he also meets James Marsden's dog, and the joke is Sonic doesn't like getting licked by the dog. Well, no, he's jealous that uh, James Marsden has another animal as a friend. So Sonic is aware he's an animal. Yeah. But he wants he to tame an animal. Oh, yeah. shit. It's, uh, does, it's, does Sonic want slaves? I, 
I'm not going to answer. We're not going down this trail. Go, not on yeah, one where we've already... I don't, want, I don't okay. want to know the answer to that question. Not on an episode where Rodney King has been invoked multiple times. <laughs> Can we dare approach this subject matter? I refuse. Guys, <laughs> Will not guys it's the Sonic movie review. Time for some critical race theory. <laughs> You know, like just that that eight hour long O.J. Simpson documentary and uh, that ESPN made in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you know, it's both just helicopter POVs of where race was in America at the time. Oh, yeah. So they go off to the Transamerica building after Sonic drives and they put Sonic in a duffel bag and there's this long sequence. Eternal. This is what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Sonic's rings are on top of the building. Sonic's like, all right, I'll go get the rings. He runs off screen and he runs back like in a, in a frame later, like a second later. Comedy brain says, he's like, all right, got the rings. Now what do we do? But what happens? Sonic arrives. And he's like, the building's locked. And we've seen Sonic run vertically up a building twice at this point. And also Sonic we saw Sonic, like, stop time to run so fast. Like, he could just run in the space of, through the door in the space of time, like, that it's being opened and closed. But because the script calls for this this duffel bag sequence, this this bit of nonmity with a duffel bag, <laughs> uh, the door is locked. So James Martin and his wife uh, show up, and they're like, and of course, what else do you want in your in your movie for babies? James Barton shows up. There's a jumper on the roof. There's a man gonna kill himself. Uh, and the the lady and then the, they just give him a pass, like yeah, and the, the well, as if the, like it's normal. The lady at the front. He he shows his badge to the lady at the front desk, and he's like, "They sent an officer from Montana," and he's like, "It's a really bad situation." Ha! Huh? Um. So you just saved a life. Yeah, you just saved a life. Sonic is Montana, the- known for its compassionate police. <laughs> Every state in America known for its compassionate police. Um, so Sonic gets stuffed in a duffel bag, and Sonic's like talking to James Martin and his wife. Someone's like, do you have a kid in that duffel bag? And James Martin's like, oh, it's not my kid. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. That's fine. It's whatever. But why would um, any... Why would a human say it? Why... Why, yeah. Is Sonic a fucking idiot? He doesn't know to stay quiet in the bag. I hate it. It's, <laughs> it's, I hate it. This, this is probably the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, There's put the hog yeah. in the fucking washing machine. Torture him. I hate him. Also, uh, I just randomly <laughs> thought about... Punish the hog. Skin the hog. Flay the hog. Uh, uh, I just randomly thought about it. Um... When uh, Sonic Sonic lives in a cave in Green yeah. Hills, yeah, uh-huh. and he's showing off all his stuff, and one of those things he was funny hat, and it's the exact same foam hat that uh, <laughs> Norm McDonald wears as Burt Reynolds in the Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy sketch in this it's, movie uh, for children. It's a funny hat. Uh, funny yeah, hat. that's a, uh, that's one for all you Celebrity Jeopardy nuts out there. Uh, <laughs> being a big fan of Norm Macdonald, I was excited to see Norm Macdonald's funny hat and plus i was just excited to be thinking about anything other than the movie i was watching yeah um, uh, so so tom uh maddie and uh satan's right hand sonic uh <laughs> the devil's hog himself they get up to the roof they find the rings 
and Eggman surrounds them. He's got it, all the robots uh, uh, surround it. And of course, uh, at this point, uh, Jim Carrey has unlocked the secret of the Sonic and, and has is powering his vehicle with the quill of the devil's hog himself. Uh, uh, which I think mm. grants him super speed. Yes. yes. That is how he can break but out of Sonic's time break. we don't actually see it go, f- like, fast like Sonic does. No, well, we see it break yes out of no. Sonic's time stop. Yeah. Uh, he, because, yeah, in this clock stoppers sequence um, <laughs> from the Nickelodeon original movie Clock Stoppers, um, uh, Sonic... Uh, uh, goes fast and to the audience that uh, sees stopping time Eggman then matches his speed and can drop out of the time stop. And Um, Sonic does like some sort of like, whoa! Like he does some sort of like, I'm surprised to see this. Yes, uh, uh, but barely. Like it's it's a non, and of course uh, Maddie, a veterinarian, when having uh, an army of drones pointing uh, lasers at her is making jokes. (laughs) Yes. There is no sense of threat to this sequence whatsoever. There's there there does seem like there's a point like at one point during that chase scene we were talking about earlier with the uh, with the tanks, James Marsden gets to hang out of a car and hit a drone with a baseball bat, and like I get this feeling like that was the scene James Marsden was like that'd be really fun to do that, and then so after they shot that scene, James Marsden just kind of checked out of the movie, uh, and so he kind of just like ambles and that guy's through the rest of the movie and this is during that like during this drone sequence he and this like the vet are just like yeah drones ah, just cracking wise about it like they don't the the check cleared at that point so they don't care anymore for (laughs) sure sonic uh instead of just like because he can run so fast instead of just like picking up each of them and running them down the elevator shaft or something he Sonic pushes the two off of the building and then throws a ring at them and then makes the ring say like green or make the makes the green makes the ring take them to green hills and he pushes them through that ring and they end up in a uh, in a big hayloft back in hay, uh, green hills montana um and then yes. Sonic uh, just gets chased around San Francisco by he Dr. He does Obama. another slow-mo action sequence. Yes. And it's, uh, and he does, he plays drums with the little missiles and it's to a very, uh, slow, uninteresting song, uh, that does not fit the tone of Which, the moment. <laughs> obviously, and like, once again, like, Comedy Brain says Sonic was supposed to drum to the drum solo in like, In the Air Tonight by yes, Peter. Yes, that is what yeah. I was saying. Uh, but yes. like, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like he drums on the missiles and pushes them out of the way and all this stuff. Uh, Robotnik, uh, is in his little, uh, egg cruiser thing and chases Sonic around. And I don't, they end up back in Montana, but I don't remember how. You could point a gun at my girlfriend's head and I would not be able to tell you how they returned to Montana. <laughs> like the specific it's, sequence of events. It's I have gotta be. I, I think they did. It's gotta be a ring rings. thing. Yeah, it's gotta be a ring thing, but I yeah, don't but know. Yeah, but like who threw the, who did it? Who did the ring? Because the egg wyvern slowly so- comes out of the ring. So Sonic did the ring? I, I think Sonic wanted to protect everyone. So he like ringed away. So he ringed to his favorite town with all of the people that he loves. Let me keep them safe by bringing them Robotnik. Fine, whatever movie. Um, 
we then uh, reach our climax where Eggman uh, sits in the middle of Green Hills and does nothing. Um, uh, James Marsden cop, uh, he comes up and he reaches, of course, the culminating part of his character arc where he decides that he loves his small town and doesn't want to move to San Francisco. Uh, sure, movie. That's what he learned. What was the reason why he wanted to stay again? He wanted Um, to move to San Francisco because he really wanted to be in a life or death situation where he he had to save somebody. Real cop work. He wants to be on the beat. He wants to help people, not just unclog people's gutters. And Sonic says, uh, don't do that. And James Marsden is like, huh, I guess I shouldn't do that. Well, (laughs) in this sequence, Sonic throws a ring and it makes a ring a, a ring warp zone behind Dr. Robotnik. And James Marsden steps through that and punches out Dr. Robotnik. And that's James Marsden's like, ah, I finally had my moment where I saved a life. And then and then Jim Carrey says, hell. Yes, Jim Carrey says, hell. And he gets mad because there's also a runner through this movie that we've not uh, discussed. We're just like. Dr. Robotnik keeps getting punched in the face by James Marsden and it makes him mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. Right, because he, he's like, only one person has ever punched me in the face and I uh, vaporized them or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great. Yeah. Great, great movie. Um, um, and then but, Sonic uh, uh, arises and he regains his true power. Um, and, and you uh, think, and you think he's going to turn into supersonic, but he doesn't, he does not nope, turn. He into just supersonic. becomes the flash. He yep. just, uh, runs, uh, really fast, uh, great culmination of the character arc there. Uh, and he of course says, uh, that, uh, what he's learned this entire time is that he has to stop running. Uh, yeah, sure. That's what he learned on this adventure. Uh, that is the character arc that was definitely throughout the entire movie and not just a random thing that they put at the end of the movie. In, in this movie where running has consistently saved him and his friends. Saved everybody's um, life. It is the only... He is running... He's constantly running from people that are trying to murder him. And the lesson we're supposed to learn is that he shouldn't do that. It's not as bad as um the very first Pokemon movie. Where uh, everyone learns, like, oh, we should be proud of who we are. We shouldn't do clones and all this stuff. And as they're leaving... We should stop fighting, right? We should stop fighting. And as they're leaving, Mewtwo wipes their memory of the event. (laughs) So they learned nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the only way they can return to the world of Pokemon and not... And every episode isn't just them going, like... Remember when I turned to stone and ev- and and everyone was fighting everyone and it was a bloody battle between all. Th- yeah. Is the only way they could avoid that. Yeah, they, they can't. They don't realize that this is blood sport. Yeah, they didn't realize Ash doesn't peak at ten. You know, he doesn't live the rest of his life in horrible agony after his experience on Mewtwo's Island. It's uh, I want to apparently the the message. And the tone of the Pokemon movie is completely different in the original Japanese version, but Nintendo doesn't want us to see that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, four kids doesn't want you to see this Pokemon movie. uh, (laughs) You won't believe what this Pokemon grew up to look like. Pokemon number seven (laughs) left me shocked. Um, (laughs) But I can't remember what, how it's another ring thing, but somehow, some way, like. 
Sonic throws a ring, or someone no, throws a ring. James Marsden no, throws, throws the ring, and Sonic gotcha. does the homing attack. That's yeah. right. And knocks Eggman and... to the mushroom planet that Sonic uh, doesn't want to yeah. go to. Yes. And uh, this happens in the credits, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. Like, we see Robotnik in the mushroom land with a shaved head, so he finally like looks like Robotnik. With a shaved head. head and the big bushy mustache. The big bushy beard. And I remember hearing about, like, uh, James uh, Jim Carrey had shaved his head for the role. And it's like, man, you shaved your head for one scene of this movie? Like, it's not even... Like at, le- like, at least the Sonic fan film had Robotnik look like, by, look like Robotnik the whole movie. Like, what you do is the very first interaction between Sonic and Robotnik, where Sonic gets the upper hand... Have Robotnik get electrocuted and all his hair fall out and his mustache look crazy. Yes! Or, and hear me out here, don't make we don't movie. need an origin for why he looks the way he does. That's true, Maybe too. Maybe yeah. he just looks that way. He just looks like Maybe a weirdo, Maybe we yeah. don't need an origin. Maybe he yeah. can just have a haircut. Yeah. I'm That's sorry. That's true, too. I, we, no, no, that's it. And then the movie is virtually over. Everyone stays in Montana. Um, and that's it. Sonic. It- uh, Sonic. God uh, damn it. I just realized, just like all the trailers Vern showed had babies, they're all origins. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, they just- are. I mean, what I needed was to learn why Mystery Incorporated got together. That's what I really. To fight, uh, spoiler alert, to fight Snidely Whiplash. Ooh. Hey, yeah, no, I know the Scooby Doo movie. It's it's a it's the start of the Hanno the HBU the yes, Hanna Cinematic Universe. Yes, oh. because at one point in the trailer, uh, Shaggy and Scooby end up on the Blue Falcons ship. Yeah. Um, and, and also, it's going to have a Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. All right, movie. Okay. All right, you, you want me over. All right, movie. Uh, Can't wait for I, Fred Flintstone to meet Scooby Doo. Ugh. Again. Yeah, uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Um, I gotta say, like, I hate saying it because it's such a good movie, but, like, man, fuck the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie for being so good. Because <laughs> because it's so good, everything's an origin story now. You know what I mean? Like, we oh, have yeah, to have... that started the whole deal. Because that first, and, like, like, Tim Burton Batman, not an origin movie. He's already nope. Batman. And you, you get the origin in a 30-second flashback at the very end of the movie, and that's all it needs. Yep, and because, because Spider-Man 2002 whips so much ass, yes. uh, everyone has been doing it constantly since then. And because also, like, 9-11 sure came up a lot, but, like, Spider-Man was the first movie to do well after 9-11. And that was, like, they thought, like, because of Spider-Man, movies are saved right now. We, uh, and we so were all like, free to laugh again, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yes, because uh, Saturday Night Live gave us the permission to laugh again. They gave us permission to laugh again. You know, the the Raw after 2011, the WWE Monday Night Raw after 9-11, it gave us permission to laugh again. Yes. I love uh, when also- things take credit for uh, reviving the country after 9-11. It's my favorite, <laughs> like, subculture of entertainment. And, man, you know, like... I'm all I'm a big proponent of like 
cashing in your chips when the time is right, you know, going out, you know, going out in a blaze of, not like, you know, like not living long enough to see yourself become the villain or whatever it is. But like, man, if Rudy Giuliani had never stepped in front of a camera after that first SNL after 9-11, he would be remembered so much differently than he is now. He'd be remembered <laughs> as a great American hero instead of he an absolute really, lunatic. <laughs> really, really fucked the pooch on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, back to back to Sonic. Um, the Sonic ends up being adopted by James Marsden and his wife and kind of becomes oh, there. Yeah, and shoot in this clearly multi-bedroom home. Yeah. They put him in the attic. The uninsulated, un-air-conditioned attic. And Listen. once again, like, movie logic dictates that, like, have a line in there that, like, they have a dog because they don't, they can't have kids or something like that. And Sonic, and you know, and like Sonic misses, you know, doesn't have parents. Like there's a gap there. Just build that gap. But that gap, you know, like or just build that bridge. But that bridge is completely it's, annihilated. It's not it, there at all. It's not annihilated because annihilated implies that it was once there. Yeah. They it's never, like the, they never lay like, out a blueprint for it. It's like the weird gap I have with uh, E.T., where uh, the so the first act of the movie is about how the kid doesn't have a dad, that the dad is gone, and yeah. and it's left this hole in the family that only E.T. can fill. So is E.T. supposed but, to be his dad? He, <laughs> like, he does. Yeah. Like, of, is E.T. Uh, supposed to fill the gap of his dad? Because he becomes, yes. like, E.T.'s dad. But then E.T.'s the one that teaches him a lesson. So, like, is E.T. this kid's dad? I think E.T.'s meant to be the childlike wonderment that Elliot lost due to the terror of divorce. He's the uh, human incarnate of penis breath. Um, yes. <laughs> he, a... he, boy, E.T. just is a foreskin, right? Like, he's just all oh, foreskin. Oh, 100%. 100%. Struck by lightning, the foreskin became corporeal. We did the mash. We did the monster mash. Um... <laughs> And Sonic e. is uh, like um, I'm sorry. Uh, e. E.T. is just is actually E.T.'s monster. Doctor E.T. stitched a bunch of foreskins together, oh. <laughs> created E.T.'s monster. Uh, on the E.T. ride in Universal, uh, you go to E.T.'s home planet, and it's just like a big uh, warehouse full of foreskins. It's, it's the mountain of foreskins from the Old Testament of the Bible. It's a uh, thirsty. <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, this and a joke that's only for me and Forrest Wharton. It's the mountain of foreskins from uh, Mark Twain and the Mystical Cave. The script I wrote about Mark Twain. <laughs> oh, oh, coming soon. I do not want to know the context because it will make me sad. <laughs> uh, but uh, to to wrap it up, yes, we have a pair of mid credit scenes. Of course, yes. the uh, origin of Eggman. A, a, a trend I'm getting fucking sick of. Like, yeah, I have no... I remember... So this is another digression two hours into this podcast. But when I saw Guy Ritchie's <laughs> The Gentleman with uh, 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 one friend and some friend's friends uh, the other day, um, we the credits started rolling and someone was like, we gotta stay for the mid-credit scene of The Gentleman. Like, legitimately. Like, looked at me and God. said those words. And I was like, no. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I don't. It's, I it's, love leaving these fucking movies early. I love, like, people in a Marvel movie are like, where are you going? Like, there's another scene. I'm like, I don't care. See ya. Bye. I saw the movie. That's the part yeah, that I care if, about. It, if they wanted to, if they wanted us to see, include the movie, they'd put it before the credits. I agree. The credits Which is why rolled. we now have fake credits. Yeah, Jesus. But anyway, uh, in the second post-credits thing, I was wrong. I had my money down wrong. Uh, Tails. Dang. Miles yeah. Tails Brower shows up, uh, voiced by his voice actor from uh, Sonic Boom. Um, rolls up, and you know what? Gotta say, looks a lot like Tails. That's a yeah. good-looking Tails. Is it, uh, yeah, the, 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 the spinning Tails actually looked like normal. It didn't look bad. Yeah, it wasn't it, some super realistic version of... Tails is yeah. bizarre spinning tails. As far as we one know, the, he has uh, one asshole. It's, it's uh, one of the few things this movie does do right and logical in that in its setup for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, it introduces a character that was introduced in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. Like, it's the only thing that they did like that's logical and feels right. It's I thought only... sure it would have been Knuckles. I thought sure, it would, if, and if not Knuckles, it would have been Shadow. Oh, but, oh, what if it was fucking Shadow? Oh, what if it was fucking, what if it was Silver the Hedgehog? What if it was Charmy the Bee? I mean, can you imagine? So, as we uh, round up this movie, now it's time to uh, rate it out of seven emeralds. How accurate does it feel as Sonic? And how good is it? Uh, who among us shall do first honors? Kevin, you go ahead. Okay. So, uh, uh, on these, uh, two grand scales, how, how is it on its own? Uh, one out of seven chaos emeralds, a purely nothing unenjoyable experience. And that one chaos emerald has Jim Carrey's face like emblazoned <laughs> on it. Like the <laughs> only thing that kept me going through this movie was Jimbo. Um, a, a nothing, uh, film and to compare it to not a perfect film, but a film that was going for almost exactly the same thing, uh, detective Pikachu, which in every way blew this fucking movie out of the water. Just, I mean, in terms of bringing iconic video game characters to, you know, quasi live action in terms of introducing us to that world being the first live quote-unquote live action version of this character completely shot the bed and again detective pikachu not a perfect film but like they got the important things right they made you feel like you were a part of this world and and sonic completely fails to do that um and uh as a piece of sonic media (sighs) Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do two stratas of this uh judgment because as a piece of Sonic media, it's a very poor adaptation. Sonic does not feel like Sonic. There's almost none of the Sonic iconography beyond like the rings um that are in it. Uh it is it is not a good translation of any version of Sonic that we've seen before. However, as a translation of the long, proud history of the Sonic franchise of bungling what seems to be the most easy, minor things and making them needlessly difficult? Well, that's seven Chaos Emeralds, baby. You did it. <laughs> you fucking screwed that 
hog real good and i commend you for uh not changing a lick sega baby i love you wow okay uh so i'm gonna go ahead and go um there's uh and real quick i'm just gonna i gotta get this joke out of the way because this is the only opportunity i'll ever have to do it um and and uh, in the movie world and in filmmaking there's a term called looping and that's just like adding in you know like doing your adr doing your voiceover things like that um and during the end credits it had the people uh who were responsible for that credited as loopers and i thought it should have had sonic in there because he runs through a loop um that terrible joke out of the way um and also whenever we're done we're doing our reviews i have a question for you guys something i've been thinking about um but uh, as a movie, uh, y'all, I uh, uh, during Jan- I spent majority of January in the Philippines. I was there for uh, three weeks with some uh, extended family. Had a great time. Um, but like like anyone who's entertained guests before, uh, you quickly run out of things that your home is known for. You can only take them to like Times Square so many times, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just like run out of things to do. Um, and ultimately, there's just like those moments for just like we've got dinner reservations at five. It's three o'clock right now. We have nothing to do. Someone put on a movie on Netflix. Um, this Sonic the Hedgehog movie is the perfect movie for that. <laughs> <laughs> perfect movie for like we won't finish it we you may not even start it you may walk in half an hour into it but it's totally just like unoffensive and just like the perfect like just put on fx until we have to leave (laughs) movie and sonic the hedgehog is perfect for that it is the Um, new now you see me yes um i would say it's a uh it's a lowercase fine. Uh, it's the word fine, but not lowercase. Um, I guess it's as a movie on one out of seven Chaos Emeralds. I'm gonna. There are some moments that I thought were fine. I thought I don't know. I'm gonna give it a two and a half Chaos Emeralds mm-hmm. out of seven, maybe three. Um, as far as a Sonic adaptation goes. As Kevin said, like, there's a lot of times where Sonic does not feel like Sonic. Robotnik does not feel like Robotnik. There's no Knuckle, or there's, you know, like, Knuckles is briefly seen uh, with a mask over his face. Uh, We get Tails in a post-credit sequence. Apart from Rings and the Green Hill Zone music is played twice. Including Um, a, a sad piano cover. There's a sad piano version of it. Um... As a piece of Sonic media, the thing is, and like, I'm not trying to be a fucking asshole, but just like, Kevin, you gave it the the criteria of like it shits a bed, and you're right, it shits a bed. But Sonic the Hedgehog and Sega historically, they don't shit the bed. They spray diarrhea all <laughs> over the bed. They fucking just slather the bed sheets with with wet, runny diarrhea. And this is just like a poop that you thought was a fart shit the bed. Hmm. There's hmm. there's the military is only in it for one scene. 
Sonic doesn't die and he isn't brought back to life by the kiss of James Marsden's wife. Uh, <laughs> Shadow, you know, like there's no time travel element. There's no like it's 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 convoluted, but not in a messy Sonic way that it's endearing. No one has the Sonic the Hedgehog version of AIDS. Um, so like what? Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Uh, as as a Sonic adaptation, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. I'm also going to give it two Chaos Emeralds out of seven. Yeah, I give it. You, you, I, um, Vern, you pretty much covered my thoughts on it. Actually, like I'd, I'd give it a three. It's watchable. It didn't make me angry. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. But it did. That's the thing. It like occasionally not sustainably me, angry, but it never bothered me like in a bad way. It left me feeling nothing. This could play like on, like you could play this at like one p.m. on like network TV, and no one would care. Like, <laughs> yeah, this movie just left such a nothing feeling with me. Like, like, especially, like, and especially, like, after venting about it over the past two hours, <laughs> I'm, like, the, the movie's gone from my mind. <laughs> and I will never think about it again. And I won't think about it ever again. Until, like, especially if when they release the trail, the sequel, that will not happen. Yeah, probably not. Maybe straight to DVD, but <sighs> most likely not. Straight to streaming. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, Netflix buys Paramount. <laughs> when Sega Vision comes out. And we... <laughs> we all get the Sega chip. We all get the blue chip. Hmm. When they bring back the, the Sega TV that they had for Sega Genesis or whatever. Uh, the only way to play Fantasy Star Online now or whatever. Please. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I give it uh, three, uh, like th- three emeralds out of seven. Just nothing didn't it didn't bother me enough to actually hate it. Um, and then as a Sonic adaptation, two like the the look for the most part kind of worked, but no, but for the most part they didn't really feel like they let like Sonic be Sonic or Eggman be Eggman. Yeah, like because they were afraid of what scaring away the. The, the walk-ins, the people who, like, oh, this movie, I don't know much about Sonic, but I'll give him a shot. Like, those, like, those eight people all live in Montana. <laughs> like, this is those really are the only movie. people who yeah. don't know who Sonic is, like, at all. Yeah, that's... Just that's a very good point. I feel like as a Sonic adaptation, it's a very tame Sonic adaptation. If you're going to make a Sonic movie, you know, the year after Sonic the Hedgehog 2 comes out, this is the one that you release. But Sonic is part of the cultural lexicon now. Yeah. You, If you're going to do a Sonic the Hedgehog movie now, you go all in with, mm-hmm. you know, you do, you do a fully CG thing with all the with all the critters yeah and you do a thing where like 
you do uh, a season of Dragon Ball in a movie where it's like, we got to find all seven Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. You know, Sonic racing against Shadow to get the Chaos Emeralds in time. Right. You do that. Like, it's it's a it's a movie for kids, but it also has the kids' gloves on. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't let any of it come into itself. So, so here's my question for you guys. Mm-hmm. On the same scales as both a term in terms of as a movie and as an adaptation of what they are representing, I have this question for you guys. My whole life on the playground, growing up, was spent in a in a fierce battle. Uh, and you were on one of two sides. You were either Sega or you were Nintendo. And that's just what it was. You're either a Nintendo boy or a Sega boy. In terms of adaptations go, and in terms of adaptations and in terms of as standalone movies go, which is better? Sonic the Hedgehog or Super Mario Brothers the movie? Oh, Mario. Hands Mario. down. Mario. It's easy. Okay, it's that's not right. even fucking close. No competition. And, uh, that and, movie tried something. That in movie both categories? secretly in both categories? rules. Yeah, in all categories. Okay. I think it is a better adaptation of Mario than this movie is of Sonic. Um, <laughs> it also uh, kind of secretly rules, not in a lot of ways that movies are traditionally good, uh, but I find it very watchable. Uh, the design is uh, not Mario, but is good. It is something. Yeah, it is incredible production design. Yeah, um, you got some some fun hammy performances from more than one cast member. Um, it is it, I, Mario all the way, baby. Also, uh, the first thing uh, uh, King Koopa does when he arrives on Earth is uh, eliminate the Twin Towers. Not to evoke <laughs> 9-11 another time, but that is the funniest part of that entire movie. Uh, anyway. Well, no, well, it's like in the 70s King Kong um, movie where the Twin Towers are the, are the mark of man's hubris. Yeah. And then, uh, the, uh, and then the, the, teaser tra- in the teaser trailer for the original Tobey Maguire, uh, Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man movie shows a helicopter and a giant web that has been cast between the two twin towers. <laughs> and it that was is a cold, real thing. And it was beautiful. Um so I I think we're done. I think we've I think we <laughs> more than exhausted this uh real 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 wet turd of a movie that came out. <laughs> this review is longer than the actual movie. By a good clip. By, by a not insignificant amount of time. Uh, so good job, boys. We did it. We, we did it. Uh, you can follow Kevin and I on uh, jo- on uh, Just Another Night. You can catch uh, Vern, Kevin, and I on Puffin Publishing Podcast. And uh, Kevin and Vern, what do you guys got going on? Uh, there's the things you mentioned. Uh, you can also follow my writings, uh, tvskevin.substack.com, uh, patreon.com slash tvskevin to support everything. Uh, and everyone stay, uh, subscribed, uh, to this, uh, because though our time with Sonic is done for now, uh, I have decided to cover all of the Fast and Furious movies, which I'm sure will be a joyous experience. I have never seen a dang lick of them, so this will be exciting. And, uh, uh, Ke- uh, Justin mentioned uh, Puffin. 
while you're uh, while you're in that feed, check out a uh, cavern. Uh, Kevin and I's new uh, podcast where we just uh, shoot the shit and do bits and uh, talk about our uh, our own emotional baggage. <laughs> uh, uh, there, once once you're out of the first two episodes, it gets more fun. Uh, not that the first two episodes aren't fun, but we talk about, you know, uh, not, you know, skeletons in our closet and traumas that we've experienced. Cavern's <laughs> uh, a, uh, a fun time. It comes out, there's two episodes a month, so uh, check that out. I, uh, I, I don't, I've got some, uh, some things. They're not cooking yet, but I've got all the ingredients laid out for them. I'm going to start working on those things. Um, so if you're interested in me and what I do, uh, follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Varnio. Uh, you'll see and whenever anything happens or whenever things start happening, you'll see it there. Uh, but yeah, I can't think of anything other than that. Uh, um, you know, I, you can catch me on the last episode of uh, Sonic the Hedgepod. <laughs> well, one of the last ones. Uh, <laughs> Before we wrap things up, uh, y'all, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for having me. As I said I, earlier, I really enjoy HedgePod. Um, uh, thank you. Kev, uh, my friend Kevin, in either an act of friendship or an act of aggression, uh, <laughs> paid for uh, uh, tickets for me to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, he sent me enough money for me and my wife to go see it. Oh, um, that's lovely. Oh, I'm and so, so glad. Uh, my wife and I both saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Um uh, one of the good things to come out of this uh, experience, apart from recording with my two friends, is uh, I get to review movie theater. So I got to go to a new uh, new movie theater I've not been to yet and review that one for my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate Kevin for uh, uh, for making that happen, and I appreciate Kevin and Justin for making this happen. Uh, it's oh. been a lot of fun. This has been. Uh, more fun than the uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie than watching it. It's been more fun than playing any of the Sonic Hedgehog games. Uh, and uh, I won't get too into it, but I did play through Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Spinball, and Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine uh, before going to see the Sonic movie because those are the Sonic games available on the Sega Genesis Mini. Um. But this was a uh, this was a fun time for me, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Always happy to have you on, Vern. Uh, <laughs> a pleasure indeed, folks. Thanks for uh, joining Kevin and I across this uh, multi-zone trek. <laughs> this Mobius strip of uh, Sonic oh, Media, uh, and uh, stay tuned next week for a little bonus uh, where we uh, did a reading of some erotic Sonic fan fiction. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so grab that ring, everybody. Uh, we'll see it, you, uh, I don't know, maybe later this year, early next year, when we look at some more Sonic shit. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Bye-bye. This has been a Talkback button.